this week's episode of the Main Idea Podcast, where today I get to sit down with my good friend, Dominic Cerna. A quick reminder to those that enjoy this podcast, please take 30 seconds and leave a five-star review on Apple or Spotify and subscribe to the YouTube. This helps the show get discovered organically and helps me continue to bring on amazing guests. Also, as usual, there are timestamps in the show notes, so feel free to jump around to the part that interests you most, although I always recommend listening to the episode in its entirety. Dominic Cerna, better known by his moniker Dom Dom, is a hairdresser and studio owner in Los Angeles. Dom was born and raised in Malibu, California, where he lived a youth as a self-proclaimed menace until finding his true creative calling. Dom's story of overcoming alcohol and drug addiction is both harrowing and inspirational. He is living proof that anyone can stand up to the pitfalls of addiction and the chaos it rains upon their life, finding their footing, and excelling in anything that they put their mind to. I hope that you enjoy this episode as much as I did. Without further ado, Dominic Cerna. Love it. So professional. Dude, I am so excited <laughs> to chat with you. <laughs> you, hit me, you hit me with the most professional moment and then I stumble on my words. But uh, it's been a, like a, such a long time coming to get you on this. You and I have a, a, a unique history as uh, homies, but then also as a client trainer relationship and You've always just been someone that, like, I, I just appreciate your ability to truly walk to the beat of your own drum. And I think it's something that a lot of people strive to do, but very few people actually accomplish it so well. And I thought that might be just a fun place to start is, like, how did you develop that barometer for sensing that you're actually doing what you want to do and you're being the the version of yourself that you want to without getting hit by all this exterior chatter that I'm sure you're exposed to. I mean, definitely a lot of, a lot of failing <laughs> trial and error with a lot of stuff. You know, I think growing up, I was such a menace. You know, I just think that like, I, you know, I've, I've always been that guy that kind of like goes after what I love to do rather than, you know, I, and it, it's weird saying it like that. Like I always gone after what I've wanted to do. Um, but I was raised to like kind of do what I wanted. You know, my parents were um, always working as a kid and, and they were all over the place, you know? So I was able to like kind of be independent and do what I wanted, kind of go where I wanted, you know? I was able to like, you know, run the streets. And back in the day, you could just kind of run the streets and not have that like, you know, like, oh, you need to be at home. And, you know, and now it's different nowadays and how kids are nowadays. And I think that like, I got such freedom and independence when I was a young age. Um, and I was left alone a lot when I was a kid. So it was like, and you know, not, not some pity story, but like my parents were working, right. You know what I'm saying? And so I was able to kind of, like I said, go after what I wanted when I was younger, you know, and, and I just kind of did what I liked, what I wanted, what I, what I was into and, and I wasn't forced into things. And it's funny later on in life, talking to my mom, uh, my mom was like, you know, I just, I knew you weren't for school. You know, and I was like, wow, like, really? Like, that's so crazy, you know, yeah. because I didn't, I, I mean, I was average, average student and I got by, you know, but like, I was never like straight A student ever, you know what I'm saying? And I was definitely- Did you reject school? Like, did you have like a, a put a bad taste in your mouth kind of thing or? No, I just, it, I just, honestly, I was, I just couldn't focus, you know what yeah. I'm saying? I was always the kid by the teacher. I was mm -hmm. always the kid who got in trouble in the principal's office. I was all, you know, at, at, you're early on at, at like seventh, eighth grade. I was, 
you know, they were like telling my, the counselors were telling my parents that I needed to go to counsel, like go to a therapist. They were like, something's wrong. Why? Because because of like attention levels, lack of interest. I mean, dude, all the above, you know what I'm saying? Like, I I just did not like school. I just didn't like it. I liked the friendship aspect of my friend and like playing around and stuff like that, but I just couldn't get into it. Um, and you know, like I said, I was like a free soul. Like I just kind of free bird basically is like what I would call it, you know? And I just had fun and, 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 uh, that didn't really matter to me. You know what I'm saying? I didn't really think that was it. Did when you were growing up with that freedom, like I I remember when I was a kid, I had a ton of freedom, but there were like Mm -hmm. four, five things that my parents were like, do not cross this line. You know, like (laughs) if you go out on the weekend, we want to know where you are. We don't need to come pick you up. You can be out late. You can do whatever you want. But if you're going somewhere, call us. If one of your friends drinks, don't get in the fucking car. You know, like there were, there were these little things that I was aware of as a kid being like, all right, I can basically do whatever I want. This is amazing. I'm developing this sense of independence. I'm developing that that understanding of like how you make decisions in tough situations and developing your instinct and your intuition and things that I think are super yeah. valuable as a kid when you're growing up. Yeah. But there were a few things I remember distinctly. We moved in this house one time and my room was at like ground level, very easy to sneak out of type of room. And when we walked into the house, like the very first time my dad looked at it and he goes, it's a nice little window you got down there. And I was, I hadn't even like looked at it like he has. And I was like, yeah, it'll be cool. Like, I'm excited to, to be down there. And he's like, cool, cool. Well, if you ever sneak out, I'll bend your middle finger back till it touches your wrist. And I yeah. was like, word. So <laughs> never going to yeah. sneak out. Like, you know, there yeah. are little things like that where it was yeah. just don't cross this line, have some respect. When you think back to that, was there any like, was it a give and a take kind of thing? That freedom? Mm. No, I mean, I, I think, I mean, there was rules, don't get me wrong. Like I definitely was raised on like some kind of rule, but I broke the rules a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like there was no, I don't know. It was like such a like menace, you know, I loved, I mean, I remember like, I mean, I got grounded one time for like, for so long. I remember cause I was, I was like, I was failing in fourth grade. Like I was just like, not, I just wasn't doing anything. And, uh, and I, I remember I had like, pretty much I was just, and I was, like I said, I was by the teacher and I had found this little, you know, in like in races, they have those cap guns that go off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The so little, I, where you put the orange ring in. Yeah. Probably don't sell so, those anymore. No, <laughs> I found, <laughs> I found one of those, like the little bullets. Yeah. And I was in class and I was messing around and it blew up and it, my hands were blistered and it was in, like, I'm not kidding you. I was like not even a foot away from my teacher and it you know all of our ears were ringing my ears are my one ear is still messed up from that i still hear ringing every once in a while but anyways like my parents uh i got suspended i somehow got out of it like they didn't tell my parents and so i faked like i was sick you know so i didn't have to go to school and uh and a couple and like maybe two weeks later i was at school and uh you know my dad gave me a note and, and and uh you know, it was either, I think, no, sorry. It was my teacher gave me a note to give to my dad and I didn't give it to him. And my dad picked me up and he was like, did you get, get a note from your teacher? And I was like, no, 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 I didn't. He's like, all right. 
you know, and then like little by little, he started catching me with things. And then I saw them coming out of the teachers uh, out of my classroom. And I was like, what? The, oh my God. They found oh, out man. everything. I was, I was burnt, you know, like Damn, I was you're exposed. They told everything. I was exposed yeah. with everything. And that was like, I just remember like, that was just like the start of it, you know, just like, I just don't care about school and I just don't care about this at all. This isn't where, I don't know. My mind was more like I was in a creative space of just like I wanted to do what I want. I wanted to have fun with my friends. I like sports and stuff like that. But like, I just didn't know what to do. You know, I didn't know what it was as a kid that 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 made me tick. And I just wanted to have fun. And, you know, later on in life, I think that that's what I just kind of always went after, you know, of stuff that like I enjoyed rather than I mean, I worked at jobs that were, you know, easy because it was just like it made me money. And I was able to like, you know, do drugs and drink and get by and yeah. pay the bills somewhat, you know, and I could call in sick or if I quit, it was not a big deal, you know, and, you know, I never really, I wanted that career. I wanted to always be that guy who was like with a suit and a tie, you know, drinking. <laughs> you like, like the, idolized it. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, 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 the scotch, you know, neat with, you know, and I was like, man, that's, that's what I want. You know, I would love to be that guy, but it was never that. Never that, you know, I was always a mess. And I was always just like I said, I was always partying and having fun. And, um, you know, later on, it, it helped me later on, though, you know. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoy this podcast and the guests that I have on, you can support it by checking out my amazing sponsor, Athletic Greens. I started taking Athletic Greens because I've always been a firm believer that health starts on the cellular level. From my competitive years as an athlete to my weekly output of jujitsu, surfing and strength training. Cellular nutrition is a non-negotiable since I need every leg up I can manage. That's why I won't skip on ingredients or quality when I start my day with pure AG1. Plus, AG1 contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, and it honestly tastes good while all costing less than $3 a day. Look, if you put in the work, you need to reward your body. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Abe. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash A-B-E to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. When you're at that point, you're in, we'll call it grade school, but like, I, I guess I'm more looking at even a step back from that, just generally like through your adolescence. I'm, and I, I know from, from hanging out with you a lot that like, you didn't have like dreams and aspirations of going no. into hairdressing. And then one day, you know, owning a studio. And I, I even know that, and we'll get into this later. Like the studio is kind of the lat, you know, I don't know if someone could have paid you a million dollars to open up a studio five years ago. Right. So yeah. when you're, when you're younger and you're going through this stage and like, you're finding out more about yourself. What are you, what are you thinking like Dominic's going to do with his life? Like now or, or then if, if you think like, if you can put yourself in the mindset of you at that time, you're younger, you're kind of, you're like you said, you have these jobs that are kind of like whatever, you don't really care about them, but they're putting money on the table and it, it buys you time to go have fun with your friends, party, do whatever you want. But it's, it's not really a career, right? Like you're you're no. well in advance of that career moment. So, yeah. what was what was in your brain of of your aspirations for like who you wanted to become? I honestly didn't really have any, to be wow. honest. To be like a becoming someone, or remember, like I said, the the, the suit guy was kind of it. But 
it wasn't that, you know, I just, I honestly didn't think I was going to live past a certain age. Like That's I didn't so think I was heavy. Did, like you actually in your, that was like your day to day thought is kind of like, I don't know. Could, not, whatever. Day to, <laughs> not day to day, but more your, your thought of like, you know, like live life in the moment kind of deal. Yeah. Like go with it as it, as it comes and, and whatever happens, you know, you handle it then. And, you know, I, like I said, I was, it wasn't, you know, living the lifestyle I did of drinking and using all the time wasn't, there was no goals. You know what I'm saying? The goal was to like drink and use again the next day. That was right. the goal. You know what I'm saying? Or, and I would try things, you know, I got into, um, into clothing at a young age too. And in, in my early twenties and, you know, I thought that that was it. I was like, man, I really love the fashion industry. I worked for stylists. I worked, you know, I was a buyer for a men's clothing store and, Every time I started doing something, uh, something would get in the way with drinking and using, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And it would just become this, like, I couldn't really do much with it. You know what I'm saying? Because I could never, I could never show up on time for work or even show up for work. Sometimes right. I'd be partying all night and you know, it'd be fucked. I'd be, it'd be two days later and I'd be like, how did that happen? Yeah. Three days later, sometimes, I mean, it got worse and worse as I got older, but um, you know, like I said, I, I didn't travel much because not because I, I wanted to travel, but like, I didn't have money nor, you know, drinking and using would always end me up in either like, you know, I'm in jail, you know, overnighter, I would end up hung over so sick that I was like, I couldn't even function or I'd still be going, you know what I'm saying? Or like, it was just madness. Like I said, all the time. Um, so I didn't really have that, like those dreams and aspirations. I was just trying to like live day by day to like, cause like I said, I didn't know if I was going to make it or not through a certain age of like 30. When, you know? so if you, if we unpack this, cause it's a heavy subject, but a, a one with a lot of ways to go here. Uh, if you think back to the beginning of when, well, I guess well before addiction felt like addiction, but how did you, and how did you go from what I would imagine is we're all young, right? You're, you're in your teens, your friend's brother's got a 40 of Mickey's or you're just like exposed to drugs and alcohol in some capacity because you're young and you haven't been alive that long. And so you come in contact with it. And then everybody's story is a little bit different about how they did or didn't engage or how serious it got or who that crowd of people around them became. Um, so if you go back, like what was, kind of that introductory the gateway if you will i hate to even say that but that that yeah. starting point with drugs alcohol using i i think uh man i mean i can remember at a young age having anxiety you know like i remember at like very very young age like just having like tons of anxiety and tons of fear of life right of like yeah. of not making it i don't it was weird like i, I just remember this as a kid and 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 you know, I never really, um, I, I don't, I wouldn't say I was uncomfortable as a kid. I was pretty comfortable in my own skin. I was very, pretty confident. Um, but it was like when I got to, you know, a certain age, I think it was like seventh grade and I started smoking weed and I was like, man, that is, I love smoking weed. Like it was just yeah. great, you know, and, and drinking really wasn't my thing at first, you know? Uh, I kind of built up to that and because I just didn't like the taste of alcohol and it just, you know, I just, I just didn't like it. But once I started going to parties and I started seeing that like people, 
you know, it was like a thing to do. And you became like, I remember all these, all these this older guy who was a senior. And I remember like, I was so, I was so like, I was, I was pretty much blacked out, but I remember little things. And I remember seeing him there and it was like this party. And it was like, the, you know, like that's what you did when you were younger. There was no like, wow, he drank, got out of control. Maybe he has a problem. It was like, you drank, you got out of control. You blacked out. It was like the next day you were, damn, that was crazy last night. Huh? That was right. so fun, you know? And that's kind of like where it started, like of that, you know? Um, and it wasn't until like a little bit later, you know, cause I, I started enjoying drinking and I started having fun and it became like a daily thing at an early age of, I think like 10th grade, I was drinking every day, you know? And uh, yeah, you know, I would ditch school and just go drink a 40 and, you know, it would just be, that would be my, that would be it, you know? And, and, and it was great. And it got to a point of like, too, it was like, I could be myself. I could be comfortable. I could talk to girls. You know, I could do anything. It was like I was invincible when I drank. You know, nothing. Was it was it taking that anxiety like out of the picture? So like, yeah, you walk into high school sober, you whatever ninth grade. It's a lot of like angst and fear around social situations, interaction, and then the drinking. Obviously. it takes away the inhibitions, right? So you just kind of like off the cuff. And then, so you became more connected to that version of you at the time. Yeah. Cause it just, like I said, it took everything away, you know, like I remember just having the can in my hand and I could just be like, wow, I just feel like I'll go away, you know, no fear, no anxiety, no, everything in life was okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was like, wow, like I feel great. And, I could do anything with it, you know, but like I said, it, it caused so much damage, you know, uh, throughout, you know, but I just didn't realize it because that was what, you know, that was what we did, you know, as kids, like, that's what I did. You, that's what you, you knew, you know, what was, was what was the first insight of damage? The first time that you're like, huh? Mm, uh, it was probably, I think like one of the big ones was, it wasn't a big one, but it, it was a big one, but it was just more of just like, I remember, so I used to drink and drive a lot with my buddy's car before I had a license. And um, I was always borrowing his car and, you know, he would, I would drive him home and then I would drive across Malibu to get back to my house because I lived up in this canyon that nobody ever wanted to drive me home. So yeah. uh, I remember just being like, man, once I get my license, I'm going to stop drinking and driving because nothing ever happened. I never, and I, nothing ever happened. I never got in trouble. I never got pulled over. Everything was always cool. And it was like a week, two weeks into getting my license and I was in Big Bear and I, I was, you know, like I said, I wasn't really drinking that much at this time. Yeah. I was just kind of like, oh, I'm just smoking weed. And for some reason I started drinking that night and I went to go get food with some friends and my other buddy was behind me and I just started speeding through the canyon in Big Bear. And I ended up losing control and flying off the mountain yeah. and, uh, and, and crashed. It, lo- it was crazy because there was two massive tree trunks and I land, I literally like shot off the side, hit the, hit the, the, the mountain and stopped right at the two tree chunks. Like I would have been destroyed. Oh, you would have been throttled. Yeah. Throttled. Just beer cans all over my car. I mean, alcohol spilled everywhere, food everywhere. My friend was in the, in the passenger seat. And, and that was just like this, that was just like one of the, one of the things that happened like that. And I remember getting out of the car, I was completely fine. You know, we, they were like, my buddy was laughing about it. And I was just like, man, this is so bad. <laughs> my car, I just got, I just got my license two weeks ago. 
Oh. You know, and uh, and I told myself I was never gonna, I was not gonna drink and drive anymore. This lady pulled up, or it was either a lady or a guy. I don't remember. It was so long ago. But this guy pulled up, and and was like, "We're calling the cops." And I was like, "No." I was like, "Why are we calling the cops?" He's like, "Was <laughs> I?" No, you're not. No, you're not. And he goes, "No, we're calling the cops. You clearly are drunk." And I'm like, "No, I'm I'm actually great. Like I'm good." And he's like, "No, no, we're calling. Like we're calling a tow truck. We're gonna get my car towed." He's like, "No, we're calling the cops." So I sat there, I was like, all right, another, I'm just going to get, just going to get in trouble for this. I'm going to need a DUI, you know? And so he called and called and they were like, we cannot find where you guys are at. And I was like, and he he literally came up to me, he goes, you're so lucky. They can't figure out where we're at. He's like, get that tow truck, get that tow truck here and get your your car towed and stop doing this. You know, I got out of it. But even that, not a wake up call, right? I have a wake up call, but not enough for you to like pull the plug right on, on no there was no like no no there was no why do you why do you think that is i talked i've talked to my dad a lot about this um there were you know i've spoken about his sobriety on the show before but like there were a lot of times where i felt like i was throwing the kitchen sink at him from like a yeah. hey we love you angle yeah. of like dude stop and it it's on deaf ears right it's just like when it when it comes down to it his decision to stop drinking 11 years ago was his decision alone. And that's yeah, really what it came down to. He woke up one day and whatever the factors were in his life were strong enough to pull him in a direction where he cold turkey was done. And that's 11 years ago. But there were ample opportunities and reasons and emotions and love and care from family and friends. So, so, so like an abundance of that, dude, leading up to yeah. not enough. Just, yeah. and, and there were things like that, right? There were hard lines in the sand of moments where it's like, dude, that should be enough, right? That should be enough. Now being on the other side of it, why do you think something so impactful can happen and just not ring that bell? That I don't know. Honestly, I think about that sometimes. I'm like, man, it's so crazy. Like some of the stuff I've done or some of the stuff I've been involved in, I'm like, how did I not just stop? You know, like I don't, I don't, my parents, my grand, I mean, I've like ruined you know, I like almost ruined my cousin's wedding, like because of it. I've, I mean, there's so many stories I can tell. I have so many stories of like what went down, but you know, I just think for me, it was, I, I, I just, I would go, I would, I would get sober. Right. Cause sometimes I would get sober for people. All right. I like, I'm sober. A, I, like I got you. I mean, I love you. Thank you. Stick yeah. your neck out. I'm going to do this for you. Or, you know, for me, it was like getting people off my back. Things were just yeah. getting so hectic that I was like, right. all right, all right, all right, I'll go to rehab. I'll, I'll go to, I'll go to treatment, you know, and then I right. go and then I get back and I'd stayed sober for a year. And, but like, I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, doing anything. Like I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, I, I didn't really understand alcoholism at all. I didn't understand, I didn't understand it at all. You know, I, I tried going to meet, tried going to AA meetings. I didn't understand that. It was too weird for me. Yeah. Um, and I just, you know, I'd go back out, you know, and then you'd get your friends or your, my dad even said something one time. I was like, man, I, you stayed sober for a year. That was a long time. I, I figured you didn't have a problem, you know? And it was like, okay, cool. Like validated. Yeah. Right, right. Know? And then it was just like out. And then it would be eight months later, I'd be getting sober again. It'd be like, oh my God, I'm in treatment again. How, how's this happening again? Yeah. Why am I back in sober living again? You know? And it was just like, I, it just got worse and worse every time. And it just could not stop. 
And this last time I got sober, because I have almost uh, like six and a half years, a little bit over six and a half wow. years. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, thanks, man. And um, I, honestly, I just, I, I built my career, I built this life that I saw, you know, or that I had, that it was amazing, right? And I, and I remember, I, I'll tell you the story of like how it happened, but like I went out uh, on surgery, I had a hernia. And, and I started doing uh, the, I, it was my second hernia. The doctor at the first time gave me Vicodin. I didn't like him. I asked him the next time, hey, you think you could give me Percocet this time or, or something different? So he gave me Percocet and I didn't, I started taking them and I just instantly was comp like, oh, like I could breathe normally. Wow. Like it was like instant, like I was really miserable and I was sober and, and for you like were almost not, four years. At that time, you had already like been sober from drugs as well prior to yeah, this. Yeah, I was sober. Surgery, I was right? sober four years at this time. Wow. Yeah. So, and, uh, so, you know, I started taking those and, you know, I'm just like, I read the sheet, I'm taking them as prescribed one every four hours. I'm counting the minutes, you know, like, okay, we got another two and a half hours. Did, cool. did they know you were at like at risk from addiction when they do that? I always wonder I, that, like, did the doctors guy, I told ask them, you? You did? I yeah. told the so guy, they know yeah, what the they're first, doing. The first time I told him, the second time I didn't say anything, but he remembered because like when I, in the story, I tried to get more. Mm. And I was like, when I was done, I was, you know, like I said, I was taking him every hour. I read some piece of paper that he gave me and said, if you're in excruciating pain, take it every two hours. I'm still sober in my head, right? Like I'm While sober. you're taking them. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I'm just saying I'm sober still. Right, I'm taking right, them right. as prescribed. Yeah, you know? yeah. And uh, so then I'm like, oh, every, every I can take two every four hours. Oh, perfect. Every two. Now and I'm taking two every four hours, you know, and it just became this ongoing thing. I, I ran out. I called the doc. He's like, nope, no, you don't need any more. And I'm like, why? He's like, dude, no, man, like that's you don't need that. It's not it's this isn't a path that you're going to go down. You know, right. you want to go down. I was like, whatever. I hung up with that dude. Got uh, well, now you're in like, like the zone though now to I'm, find them. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Now I'm in, I'm calling shady friends. I'm, you know, some of my friends are like, you know, one of it's so funny with the, one of the shady friends that I had was like, man, why are you doing this? Like you have this, uh, you've built this life that is so amazing and I don't want to see you tear it down, you know, and, and it's what's going to happen. You know? And I was like, wow. And I didn't really care. I was like, whatever, dude. And he's, you know, and so I got off the phone with that person, next person. And I started smoking weed. Then I'm, you know, I'm drinking. And then it's like, and then I'm up for three, four days. I'm like, how is this happening? Like, I don't yeah. get it, you know? And I'm sitting on my couch after like a two day bender. And uh, I just called the drug dealer. He's showing up and I'm just sitting there like drinking. And I'm like, man, like everything that I've built, I'm going to lose. You know? Yeah. Like you uh, had that clarity in the moment to actually even think that. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, I was just like, man, I'm going to lose everything, you know, and I'm going to be back in treatment. Like, I'm just going to start all over again. It's just like, man, I, like, why would I want to do that? You know, so I just and I was like, fuck, I got to I got to stop, you know, yeah. and now I have a mound of cocaine and I have all I have enough alcohol. Like I just I literally had stocked up like two days before my fridge and my cabinets are filled. Yeah. And, uh, and I had pills and I was like, all right, well, and I called a buddy of mine. I'm like, all right, I need to get sober. And he's like, all right, cool. Well, we'll win. And I'm like, well, not today. <laughs> right. Now. No, no, I was like, not today. 
oh, but damn. like in a couple of days because i have all this i gotta you know i gotta finish all this um and i lasted for another day and and i went back to my house and and uh i was out all night and you know i just first i don't know what was going on like my my chest was hurting so bad from all the coke i was doing i don't know if there was like a problem or what but i just i was like i gotta go i like gotta go home and I went home and I like was, I called a buddy of mine and I was like at six in the morning and he's, and he basically was like, all right, I'll, I'll meet you at a meeting, um, at six 30, forgot where it was at. It was in, on Pico in Santa Monica or in West LA. And I met him and dude, it was like, it was weird. It was like the scariest moment for me. I don't know why, like, I don't know why getting sober is so scary. It's literally the scariest thing ever. For some reason I turn into the biggest baby and I can't <laughs> deal with life. That's so ironic sober. because you're actually in reality, the characteristics that you're portraying in that moment are yeah. the polar opposite. They're courageous. Yeah. It's brave. You're vulnerable because you're, you're looking yourself in the mirror straight up going, this is where I'm at straight. Mm. This is really where I'm at. I'm here right now. And yeah. all those, the cowardice, the baby is the dude doing mountains of Coke with a bunch of booze trapped in his house who can't like be like yo this is who i am you know that's the yeah. baby but that's yeah. i think where a lot of people struggle is that that makes them feel powerful like they're in control they call the shots and then it's looking at yourself face to face and making that choice that takes a lot and yeah. it's a, a lot that people don't have ever yeah. never have never will have yeah. unfortunately you know yeah some people never make it that's what's so crazy about it I mean, so look sad at it's the saddest thing ever because I, you know, being in in AA is and watching. I mean, I had a friend die a couple of years ago, that was hectic, and I watched the being sober and just the like this, the downhill slope uh, and died, and yeah. it was just like so sad to watch. And that's the reality of it. You know what I'm saying? Is some people make it and some people don't, and uh, you know that's the hardest part about it. Is 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 you know you might you never know what's going to happen if you go back out. You well, know, and that's you had told me this one time. Uh, you were like, "Look, man, it if if you say like you don't want to drink for the month of January, and and you you break down and you have a beer, you had a beer." When I was getting sober, this is me paraphrasing you. Like you're like, when I was getting sober, I'd be like, "Yeah, I can have a I can have a beer," and then I would wake up two days later with people I don't know in a house I don't live wondering what the fuck just happened and that difference is like stark right that's yeah. a game changing difference between those two situations yeah i mean that, i mean it, I, and now it's like even crazier because you know the fentanyl you know and all that stuff i mean that is man i it's i used to just the re, i think a lot of the reason why i used to like not care so much either was because I would do so much, I would do so many, like so much Coke and drink so much. And I would, you know, and nothing ever happened. Like I would, yeah, I'd be tweaked for a couple of days or a week or two weeks, you know, but I would, I, I never, you, you don't die. I didn't know tweakers that really died. You know, heroin addicts would, were the ones that died, right. you know? And I was always like, no, I'm just like a, you know, I'm just a tweaker. Like, that's just what I, what I do. And it's not a big deal. Now, people are casually doing coke that never really do coke or do right oh, oh you're, you're just saying socially quick. like the way that drugs are perceived now versus the past is it was kind of like seedy and 
No, 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 no. I'm saying, I'm saying, like, say, like, fentanyl, right? So fentanyl now is like a, a killer. Well, so say, like, based on say, tolerance. Yeah. So say you go out, right? Like, you're just like, man, like, you know, you're with your friends, and somebody's one of your buddies is like, hey, I just, you know, I'm, I just want to get some coke tonight. And you're like, yeah, let's do it. You know, all right, let's do one. So you get people that don't typically do drugs going sure, and then they die. They're dying. Yeah, I mean, it's not not, worth it, man. No, it's not worth it. It's not. I mean, I think that was the biggest thing that I I noticed was like, man, it's not worth it to me anymore. You know what I'm saying? I everything in life that go that that comes my way, I can deal with sober. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can go through sober. I can be. I'm gonna be okay. You know, like whether it's a death, whether it's losing a job, whether it's like, you know, breaking up with the girl. Yeah, you go through the pain and you go through the the heart, the heartache of it. You go through whatever it is that you got to go through to get through it. Um, You know, and it's a life lesson. It's a learning lesson instead of running away from it. Yeah. You know, because everything we do is a learning lesson, I think, in, in life. And I think that like everything, you know, people always want to succeed. They're not willing to fail. Right. And, and to me, like failing is part of the success, right? So it's like people to me, like, you know, that I, when I do education, you know, doing hair, people are scared to do certain haircuts. They're scared to mess up the haircut. They don't want to mess it up. But like, to me, messing it up is the way you learn, you know, like, and, and I mean, don't get me wrong. There's other aspects of learning it too, as well, but there is no perfection in life. There is no perfection in, in, in the journey. You know what I'm saying? I, I think it's like the ups and downs. I, I wouldn't be where I'm at if, it, if I wouldn't have fucked up so much. For sure. You know? It makes you and, who you and, are. It makes you stand on your own feet and have, I mean, yeah. I, like everything about who you are, they, we can't, right? None of us can change that stuff, right? No. Like what happened in the past? We are who we are because of the way we are. We're at the spot in our journey because of all the things that have happened. And man, I couldn't agree with you more on the the success thing. Like, and I include myself in this, right? Like you want it, you want it to happen so fast, but the reality is that all the good stuff, all the stylistic developments, all your understanding and your your perceptions about how things should or shouldn't be done, those are developed in the process of doing, not by jumping ahead to the finish line, and then just yeah. being done. And and like, there's just there's nothing in that. There's no shelf life. And if you're not enjoying that part in the middle when you're not a big deal, when you're not landing deals, when you don't have yeah. a ton of exposure, yeah. then you're missing the entire the entire essence of like what creativity and and art is is the yeah. part in the middle with a creation, yeah. right? Yeah, the middle is the adventure part. That's the best part. You know, the start yeah. is always just like I'm excited, cool, da da da, but the like the middle part of it is yeah. always to me I mean, now I I think about it because like, you know, you get these people now that like, you know, I get people that want to work for me or that I've interviewed and stuff like that. It's always like that question of like, how much money am I going to make? You know, when am I going to start? Screw that. You know, and like, when am I going to start cutting hair? That's the question. It's like, it's really up to you. But like, I think, you know, people want to, instead of starting in the mailroom, they want to, they want to already run the fortune 500 company. Yeah, you know, like well, I, I came in here to 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 be the president, not the male the, the male person. You know? <laughs> and it's but what the irony is like you, it's not even like you have to start in the mailroom to become an agent. You could start planting flowers outside the building. Like mm-hmm. you can, there's so many different entry points into success within any given career. But the 
common denominator in my eyes is the effort part of it. You have to just constantly be willing to put forth effort in whatever you're doing and, and mess up all the time. Put out bad episodes, put out bad content, make a bad haircut, open up something that doesn't work out, do a bad partnership. But if each one of those things that happens stops you in your tracks and makes you go, ah, never mind, this, this is stupid. All this, this will never work out for me. I'll never make this happen. They have it so easy because they have everything coming their way. That's BS. Yeah. You have to but take those but in But that's stride. most of it. That's most of people's thing is the fear of, of, uh, of failure. You know, I think that like the best thing you can do is fail sometimes because it's like you learn so much more from it of like not, you know, it's like, it's like people who don't even try, right? They don't even, they don't even, they don't even, I'm not even, I have no way. You've already failed, right? Yeah. That's already automatic fail. But if you try, there's a 50-50 chance you could do it. When you, so you actually have an, an interesting journey in that you were, your career was like growing and you were getting sober at the same time. Yeah. Usually it's the other way. Usually people are like, I, I quit drugs and then everything great happened in my life, right? Yeah. yeah <laughs> or like yeah. I left alcohol behind and then my career took off. Yeah. Uh, but how, how did you navigate those two things simultaneously? Because it's not like uh, you're cutting hair at super clips in like, <laughs> you know, you're <laughs> like the best, the best salon in the celebrity hub of the country. Yeah. I think that like I got... I got lucky to be honest with where I was at and like what I was doing. Like when I was in beauty school, I was already, I was already sober. You know, I figured out that this, the career that I wanted to do was, was cutting hair. Um, and, and once I figured that out, I went for it. Right. I was in beauty school and you know, things were, I, I was miserable inside. It didn't matter how good my life was. You know, it didn't matter that I had the girlfriend or I had, the you know the car or the you know uh, going after my career or whatever like I ended up drinking and I had to take a month off of school and I had to get sober again and I got sober and it took off again it just I just went when I get sober it's like I go full throttle yeah you know there's well no you have all, all the energy too yeah, there's no stopping me like I said right. remember I told you like I couldn't travel I couldn't show up I you know most of the time people be like don't you have to go to work today and I'm like work who works like. <laughs> It did. Like I said, it was just another thing that like when I was younger that I could just be like, oh, I'll just get another job. Right. Um, and then when I was that when I had that surgery, that could have gone bad. That could have really I could have been the end of it. Right. It could have been the end of my career because, you know, my my manager was trying to get me to come into work. And I don't think he, I don't know if he didn't believe me that I was drinking and using the way I was, but. He kept saying, like, just come into work, man. It's a safe place. And I think that he, like, wanted me to come into work just to see how bad it was, yeah, you know, bad. or I don't know. There was right. something that he wanted. And I'm like, there's no way I'm coming to work because I'll be hiding in the bathroom, you know. And um, and uh, I, I just asked. I was like, hey, I just need a couple of days off to get sober. And he's like, all right, you know. And, and I took two or three days to, like, kind of detox off of what I was doing and, and – uh, you know, I got my buddy asked me to go to a meeting and I said, okay. And I was willing, there was like the littlest window, little window that I had yeah. to get sober. You know what I'm saying? And for some reason I fit right through and I, and I did it because I was willing to do it. Cause I, I knew my life wasn't going to do, I wasn't going to make it like I was, I was going to go yeah. down the shithole again. I was either, I was going to die 
or I was going to be miserable doing what I was doing. Did you know? did AA connect with you? Is that like a smooth process? I know there's quite a bit of like mixed reviews on how yeah. successful that is or if people are receptive to that. What was your yeah. experience or is your experience with it? I mean, it's been the best thing I've ever done. I'll tell you that. You know what I'm saying? And I think that like, yeah, there's always going to be controversy over if it works or if it doesn't. But the, most of the people that it, that are saying it doesn't work are the people that don't ever do the work, you know, that are like, hmm, yeah, it doesn't work. But like, did right. you actually do the work or did you just, you know, get caught up and you left, you know? And, and I think for me, it's proven. I've seen some of the craziest people come in those rooms, including myself. Right. And they got sober. <laughs> yeah, study one. Yeah, yeah, and no, they I, got sober and they lived these amazing lives. And it's like due to that program, you know. And it's uh, it's amazing. You know what I'm are, saying? And I, are you religious? Not at all. No. Like I, so I mean, neither am neither am I. I. I well, I've joked about the irony of like how religious I am about <laughs> like exercise and jujitsu. Yeah, so that's yeah, another yeah. story. But I always wonder. I find it interesting when people are, are sober by their own regard. I mean, my dad mm -hmm. would fall into this category. He's not a religious guy, but he's, he's sober. And I've heard many people in that boat say that there's some, like something about like AA or maybe it's having like a sponsor. It's like putting the whole problem into something like bigger than yourself. Yeah. And that, that and, and the reason I bring up religion is because it, a lot of times people will be like, oh, you know, I never could have gotten sober if it wasn't wasn't for my relationship with Jesus Christ or something like that. Yeah. And so they're just like kind of alley-ooping Jesus, the sobriety, and be like, help me handle this, you know? And it's so psychologically, it's this offloading of the res the responsibility and trying to feel like you have to do it all yourself. So yeah. do you feel like, or does, does AA provide any of that kind of, like yeah. support for you well that's the whole thing it's like uh you know you're not alone that's basically the deal right like because when i isolate and i'm doing it myself like i'm the i'm the driver right I mean, we all saw what happened we all we all just heard what happened i'm, I'm flying off the side of the mountain on big bear when i'm right. the driver but like when when you know your higher power whatever you want to call it you know god your you know whatever you want to call it you can yeah. call it whatever you want to call it that's the driver and you're in the passenger seat, it's a lot easier, right? For me, when I'm in the passenger seat, I'm not driving, I don't have to think about anything, I don't have to do anything, like, that. It, that's that's doing it for me, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And I think that like, I mean, there's so many aspects to it, but it's, it's you know, there's, it's, people hear the God aspect of it, or they hear that um, it's a cult, stuff like that, I mean, you think what it want it's, until you do it, you don't know. And yeah, honestly, it, like I said, it's, it's saved my life and it's, and it's changed my life in, in, yeah. in, in, in an amazing way. And I think that like everything I have is because of being sober and being an AA, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I've tried every other way and it didn't work. You know what I'm have saying? have and, you and, had the opportunity to sponsor people inside? Like to sponsor other people in AA? Yeah. 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 And that's the thing I think with, uh, I mean, that's the thing is helping others. Yeah. You know, the biggest, biggest thing is taking other people through the work, you know, and, 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 uh, you know, not being, it's, it's a selfish program, but it's not a selfish program, right? Like you, 
you 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 take people through the work that you got taken through the work with you know it's like sometimes like fuck, i don't want to go take i don't want to go take this guy's phone call you know right. and i mean i got so much stuff going on yeah you know i got you know i got a lot of stuff going on i take that phone call and i'm like man it just makes me so grateful sometimes when you hear some of these guys stories especially when they're new of like yeah. how hard it is to get back how hard it is to even just get sober, like how hard it is to do the work, how hard it is. It's like, man, like, I don't ever want to be in that. I don't want to be in that, 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 that zone again of like getting sober again. It is so much harder to get sober than to stay sober. I I can only imagine that there, and I don't know what the psychological aspect of this is, but I've, I've always found it fascinating is the, that helping action, like you taking the guy's call, yeah. There's definitely something that that does to strengthen your sobriety on on some intangible level. Like yeah. That guy takes a call and you're able to to help him based on your experience and provide insight and ask the right questions and show love and support. And I would imagine on the tail end of one of those calls like it's kind of like the proverbial you know like all right Dom, you're helping other people out because of yeah the yeah. choices that you've made here you know that's i think that's so cool yeah i mean that's i mean i think like that in, in any aspect of life is being of service you know what i'm saying of helping people out you know what i'm saying no matter what and and try if you can do it you know what i'm yeah. saying i think we become too busy for things you know like my life is so busy sorry i can't do that right I don't have time for you I don't have time for this like and it's like you know it's the littlest things that you can do for people that will help you know what I'm saying? And that they'll remember forever. You know, I remember being in AA and uh, in the rooms of AA and, and this kid came up to me that I'd seen, you know, he'd been around for a long, for a good amount of time. And he came up to me and he thanked me. And I said, for what? And he's like, I just want to say thank you for saying hello to me when I was new. You know, I try to think about those moments in life. I try to think about all the time. But like, yeah the smallest random thing that you think is so insignificant, it's so easy to just turn the shoulder or yeah. whatever. And it doesn't have to be, you know, in Alcoholics Anonymous. I mean, this could happen at the grocery store. It could happen at the gas pump. It's, it, these moments are constant. They're always happening. And many times in life, you're hit back with one of them. Yeah. Or someone comes, you know, you get a message from someone on social and they're like, hey, you know, I saw you at blah, blah, blah. And it, it really had this thing. And you're like, what like where yeah, when? yeah you yeah. know it was nothing to you it wasn't even a moment it was just yeah. a, a time when you were just going through life and and you maybe you said hi to someone or, or you talked to him or maybe you're a dick to someone right yeah and years later or months later you you were brought aware to that and it's just a reminder to like not put on a fake face but just be a good person yeah. as much as you can genuinely if you have the opportunity to interact with someone to treat them well because you really don't know. You don't know. Well, They're... that's the thing. You don't. You're right. You it's know, like you don't. You don't. You don't know when someone's going to walk into your salon and, and ask to get their hair cut. And you, you're like, cool. How do you hear about us? And they're like, oh, I've, you know, I've been following you for 10 years and I finally moved yeah. to L.A. or whatever it is. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. When yeah, uh... nah, I agree with you with that one. It's just one of those things I think that, like, too, I think that's like, you know, like I said, it's just those moments that we have that like that that like that guy said or you know another guy just recently i ran into and i thought he was like so cool for school and he said to me the same thing like 
man, we used to do a commitment at this meeting and you were like the only guy that talked to me, you know, it was like, dude, that's so crazy to me though. Like I was just like, right. wow. like, and he's like, dude, what's up? Like, man, it's been a long time, you know? And it was like the fact that he remembered that it trips me out. Like just being that guy, like you said, it's just being a, like, just being a loving human being. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's like, it's hard sometimes. Don't get me wrong. I wake up and I'm on the wrong side of the fucking bed. Same, you know, man. it's, it's like a war going on in my head sometimes, you know? And I think too, is like kind of getting yourself right for the day. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't just get up and go. Like I have my like morning routine of like what I gotta do. I wake up, I do, I make my coffee, brush my teeth real quick. And then I do my morning routine of like, I meditate, I pray and meditate for 20 minutes, you know? And that just like, dude, just gets me right because I just don't know what I'm going to experience that day. And who what, is, what is, as a non-religious person, what is prayer to you? Uh, you know, like I said, it's that higher power thing, you know, yeah. like trusting in somebody else will, you know, is there beside, beside me, basically. I'm not alone. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because I used to always ask that question. I didn't, I had such a hard time with the God thing. And I was like, kind of like, well, yeah, I believe, but I don't believe, I don't know. I'm in the middle and they were like, you know, and it's like, but I became into this like whole thing of like, you know, I, I used to ask like, how did people do it when, when there wasn't cell phones? How did you, you know, <laughs> yeah, because think no, about no. it, like, I yeah. think about it, like, you know, like, man, I don't, I'm, I'm alone and I'm freaking out and I want to drink and I can't talk to anybody. I'm alone. You know, my phone, like the phones don't work. How did people do it? You know, and my, and my sponsor told me, he's like, basically, you know, God, you know, you had to trust in your higher power that you could that you were going to be okay. And I, I remember just being like, man, that's so insane. What he just said, like, <laughs> I, I, you know, I need a distraction. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And that was the thing. And I had to learn to be sit in it mm -hmm. and sit in feeling and sit in the, the madness, whether it's, you know, I'm uncomfortable, I'm having anxiety. You know, like I said, I've suffered from anxiety my whole life. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, I think that like learning how to sit still in that and be okay with it and know that it's like, it's not real or, you know, it's going to pass, you know, or just any of the feelings that I've ever had, you know, in sobriety or whatever, like I've always gotten through them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The fear of speaking in, pu on, uh, in public speaking. Dude, that was Which a, is that hilarious was, because you do it all the time. I hate speaking, you know, like yeah. even getting on this, I was like, Ugh. <laughs> But once I get past a certain point, I'm good. But yeah. it's that initial start, you know, but it's like I said, it's, you know, the whole God thing. I don't really know. I, don't, I, I just, I just, you know, I pray for other people, you know, like, you know, like I have a friend uh, that's, you know, he's, he's out right now and he's drinking and he's using, and I don't know what's going on with him. I pray for that guy. Yeah. Just want him, you know, hopefully he gets better. I don't know why it works, but it does. You know what I'm saying? I think, and, I think that there's something in there. I'm, I, I'm always curious. I'm kind of like in the, you know, I'm in the same boat. Like there's something I've always felt like a little bit of a draw towards. Maybe it's, maybe it's fear in of itself, right? Maybe I'm afraid of dying because the thought mm -hmm. of like literally being dead and then never for eternity ever existing again, forever and never being with yeah. my family and my friends. My like when I was a kid, I used to get anxiety too, but I would get anxiety about that. I would think it would be thinking about like, the constant expansion of the universe into nothing and then just dying and it going on for it. Like, you know, I could go yeah. on for this. It, it gave me a lot of, that's the only, my only grip on anxiety of what that might feel like. 
is yeah. that sensation as a kid. And yeah. maybe because of that, I want to believe in something bigger that's going to like, you know, answer questions and take care of stuff afterwards. Yeah. Uh, but then I, I grapple probably with a lot of the things you do where it's like, there's also this gut kind of intuition. Like, I, I don't know if that makes a lot of sense to me, or there's a lot of easy ways to rule it out when you get like really pragmatic with it and rational, you can dispel a lot of those feelings pretty quickly. So it's, it's an interesting place to be, but I also feel that that desire to pray for things I've felt more in the past, I don't know, four or five years than like ever in my life. And maybe it's because you're older, right? You start to see people die. You start to see mm -hmm. your family members and extended family members pass away. And you start, it kind of like, it crowds your world yeah, a yeah, little yeah. bit. Like, whoa, dude, ho, 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 ho. can I, I want to be like 15 again. Hold on. Yeah, and you can't. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, yeah. then you start to go, okay, like if I'm going to stand on my two feet, what kind of tools do I need in my belt? And so you just kind of, maybe it starts there. Yeah. Like, yeah, I just start, you know, hoping that other people do well, that people that are trying to get through something difficult find success doing that. And it, yeah. it's almost like a, like gratitude practice as part of the meditation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think like anything, it's just like, uh, like I said, it's, uh, I don't, I, I, you know, I've, I don't really, the God thing is like, like I said, it's just one of those things you kind of figure out for me, I figured out on my own kind of deal right. of just like watching and like trying and practicing. I mean, like I said, it was just one of those things I'd watch people come in that were sober or that were out of their minds, get sober. And for some reason they're back to living like a normal life and they're not insane anymore, you know? And it was just kind of like one of those things where I was like, wow something's working in here you know what i'm saying and i yeah, don't know yeah. what's working and you know little things like you know it's like you know you always hear these people like i had this crazy god shot you know and da 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 and i'm like right i didn't have that white light experience when i got sober you know what i'm saying yeah like, i just i didn't like it wasn't like that for me it was more you know i look at life too like everything happens as the way it's supposed to happen you know like shit you know if i lose the job i'm gonna be okay right you know if I lose the, 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 the career, if I lose the girl, if I lose, you know, everything happens the way it's supposed to happen, you know, and I sit there and, and, you know, sometimes it's like, you, we try to control things in our lives, you know, and I'm just like, man, I just don't want to try to do that. You know what I'm saying? I just intuition wise gut feeling. I know when something isn't right and I can feel it, you know, you know, it, on that, on that note, I, I've actually been able to witness this firsthand in you and with, just with us when we were at Equinox, you know, that the people that are around and the income levels that are around and the sharkiness of some people, like I've yeah. actually physically witnessed while I'm training you, people come up and want to pitch you stuff on like, yo, yeah. you got to join this group. You got to get into this mastermind. You got to do this yeah, product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, I know someone who's doing a hair thing with Redkin. They got it like, you're their guy. And I've yeah. in real time watched you be like, Nah, like just because straight up your intuitive voice is like, that's a dumb idea, dude. But, yeah. but it, it's because of that, right? It's at the end of the day, you don't care if it yeah. goes away, you're fine. And that's, yeah. I think people want to be like that, but I think that they have a, a hard time actually sticking to that gun, looking opportunity yeah. in the face and being like, that nah. doesn't fit with everything that I'm about. And I know it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, 
I, you know, I can't tell you some of the companies I've turned down that were big companies that literally were, you know, like we want to work with you. And I was just like, absolutely not. Like, it's just not for me, you know? And I, I don't like, I, you know, I've chased money in my career. I've, I've gone after so many different things in my career. And for me, that wasn't chasing money, doing the wrong thing for the wrong, you know, trying to do it for the, like, Oh, I'm just doing it for the money. I'm doing it for this or I'm doing it for that. Like it didn't make me happy. And at the end I was miserable. You know what I'm saying? And I remember like, I remember one year I was, I literally was saying yes to everything. I was flying to Europe. I'm in all over the country. I'm like, I mean, I'm literally working nonstop. It was crazy. And, uh, and at the end of it, I remember at the end of the year, I was just like, man, I'm so miserable. I have more money than I've ever had in my life making more money than I've ever made in my life, but I'm unhappy and I'm not stoked, you know, and I had to like ground myself of like, I got to go back to the basics of like what I love, you know, and that's what I did. And, you know, and don't get me wrong. I've definitely chased money after that as well. You know, it's just the up and down slope of, you know, that's life, you know, I'm not perfect. And, uh, you know, you get this sense of you make money and it's like, it's, it's great. It feels good you know, but it doesn't, it doesn't do anything for me inside wise, you know, like, what am I doing for myself? What am I doing, you know, to make myself happy? You know, at the end of the day, it's just a bank account with a bunch of money in it. That's all it is. You know what I'm saying? It could go away tomorrow, just like that, or I could go away tomorrow, just like that. And at the end, was I happy? Nah, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And so, you know, cause I, I grew up, like I said, my mom made money. My dad didn't really make money. My mom saves and you know, she's kind of in her own boat with money and does her own thing. And then my dad spends and does whatever he wants to do, you know, like he's leaving tomorrow. Right. You know, and, and, <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty, so I got the, I got both worlds of that. So, you know, like I said, I think that like, for me, it was like living that life of like, you know, it could end tomorrow, but like, you know, fuck, what if you end up being here for another 50 years? Who knows? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, dude, I mean, that's that's a really ground, like a very grounded perspective. I feel like, and I, I don't know. I, I haven't heard you say that. And not that I've heard you on the other side being like, yeah, fucking money. I love it. Uh, yeah. But I also haven't, that's like a very, I don't know. You seem very at peace with like the way that you view that. When, when your career is kind of starting and, and gaining traction and the whole like the Instagram thing grows. How much of you is sucked into that and how much of you is able to, to part from that and keep your head on straight? Uh, I mean, I never go into the like ego part of it for some reason. I don't know why. Like I've never really been like, I'm better than anybody with that or like, you know, Oh wow. You have followers. You must be amazing. Like, or, that, that that world is so not real to me you know what i'm yeah. saying i just what <laughs> it's really not like you could have a million followers and still be a douchebag you know what i'm saying and like does not mean you're fucking great and right. i think that like you know and you could have zero followers and be the most amazing person ever you know what i'm saying and i just think that like we're human you know and i think like for me like when i got on social media it wasn't about being famous or being a you know uh, uh, an influencer or being, you know, being somebody on there. It was just having fun, you know, and that's right. literally what I used it for. It was like, oh, wow. Like, you know, I started, I got on the floor as a hair cutter and I, I started 
posting pictures because you know back in the day we had a, a book that had a portfolio with haircuts and inspiration and some of your work on like maybe a polaroid or a photo <laughs> that you had so yeah. you had this book right and then i used uh somebody was like man you should use that as like a portfolio that could be really cool and i was like wow that's a good idea so i learned kind of how to take a picture with my iphone i learned how to edit it to like the limit like the least amount of edit where it right. just looked natural and you know like if somebody had a pimple like you fucking you know you got rid of it right but nothing you know like i said it was very natural and organic and i just had fun with it and it was great it was i was having so much fun it was like traction was crazy people were wow i've seen your work it looks amazing you know and then there was the the shit talk aspect too of like the trolling and the people right. being mean about it i don't know i grew up you know like I said, I was a menace and I was a knucklehead. So like talking shit wasn't really like a thing for me of like, oh, no. you hurt my feelings. <laughs> like it was like, you know, I learned. You just I barked knew, back. Yeah. I knew how to like to shut it down or I knew how to say something back to make you look like you're an idiot. Dumber. <laughs> you know, like you're dumb for doing yeah. that. But wait, um, was that part of was that part of why your account took like grew so much? Were you no. chirping at people? in the thread no, a lot <laughs> no i mean I, I i honestly in the beginning i like i would respond to stupid shit like that but i most of the stuff that in the beginning i didn't really respond to a lot of yeah. stuff i didn't really respond to people's like questions and comments and stuff like that because if i respond to one question then it comes another question and then it becomes a paragraph and then it becomes like a, a, a like an everyday thing and next thing yeah. i know i'm talking with 50 different people going with conversations and if i don't respond to that person who just had that conversation with i'm 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 not i'm that guy right so if i don't respond to any of it it's then fine. it's fine you know but i didn't look at it like i just kind of was like you know if you just stay silent you just post your, your work for them that's what it's for it's for fun and right for more of like a portfolio thing it wasn't to like chit chat and to yeah. have you know it was more like that uh, but it was really what i took off was uh I heard somebody say in a panel, say like, if you really want to grow your following, show what you do. And yeah. uh, so I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's kind of crazy. Like, you want me to video my stuff, put it on the web. And I mean, I don't, I, I was a phony. I was a, I was right. faking it till I made it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was yeah. the guy, like when I, when I started working and like, I remember working with a celebrity and she would always, you know, be like, I want to do this. And I would look at it and I'd be like, I have no idea how to do that. <laughs> like no idea. And I would literally tell her, I'm like, I just need to use the bathroom real quick. And I would hope that my phone worked and I could have, wi I had Wi-Fi and that I could get on YouTube and YouTube something really quick and go back up. That's you know? incredible. Straight and up. Sometime, at, with at Chris McMillan? No, this was like when I was, when I was doing, uh, I, like I ended up getting a job after assisting with this girl, this woman, who was an artist and she traveled and she did all kinds of stuff. And, you know, she was super busy and I worked with her five days a week on a show. And, and dude, like I said, it was, it was nonstop. I didn't know how to do yeah. anything though. I didn't know how to like braid hair. I didn't know how to do updos. I didn't know how to do anything. I just knew how to blow dry hair somewhat. <laughs> but that's know? probably honestly, that's like the, what's the best way to learn is just doing your swim, like get thrown to the wolves. Can you handle it? Can yeah. you not? Can you make mistakes and fall forward? Yeah. And you can, and, so you did. Yeah. And, and that was kind of like how, how that worked. Like, you know, like when, and like I said, like I was always, I wasn't fearful 
Like I was, I was fearful, but I didn't show it. Like I wasn't, I didn't care either. At the end of the day, I just wanted to learn and I loved what I did. So it made, it made it all the better. You know what I'm saying? It was like, I was getting better. What was it about like this menace kid who's partying all the time, living a wild life? How, like how, how do you end up doing high, super high end women's haircuts? Um, it's weird. Like it's that, that I'd never, okay. So like, I never wanted to do hair. It wasn't like a goal. It wasn't a dream. It wasn't a thing. Right. Like it was, I was dating a girl who, uh, I, I, it was just like a toxic relationship. It was a mess. Right. And I was in retail and I hated it and I wanted to fucking kill myself. And it, I, I weirdly enough, I, I went to a, I went to a wedding I met a hairdresser. Okay. I, my girlfriend at the time was in beauty school and I came home one night and I was like, I think I want to do hair. Like maybe I would do hair. It was like kind of a joke. It was a joke. Yeah, really. It yeah, wasn't yeah. really serious. And she's like, <laughs> really? That's what you want to do? Like, Oh, no way. Like stop. Like, no, like, cause now, cause she, she was just starting out. So it was like, she, it was like basically stealing her thunder. Right. Basically. Yeah. Like don't tag onto my career. Yeah. And people were like, so stoked for her. And I was like, you know, like she was, cause she was doing something. We were, you know, we were kind of fucking degenerate. So it was like, so you nobody... just slam dunked on her. <laughs> so basically I went to work the next day and I called the guy, the hairdresser and I called him and I told him and he was like, dude, if that's what you really want to do, come in on a Saturday and, you know, sit at the salon with me and, and see what, what would I do? So I did. I went out on a Saturday walked in it was this cool salon it was like a home you know like wood floors the music was amazing it was warm you know there was a fireplace there was people all over the place that were cool there was tattoos people smoking it was just like oh this is so cool it's like a tattoo shop basically but it was cooler though it was nicer you know what i'm saying and uh and then i you know he he came in his clients started coming in he started doing the work and I just noticed like, man, the banter was so fun. It was like funny and it was like, it was entertaining and every, you know, hairdressers across the way were talking and it was like talk shit, shit talking and having fun. The clients were having fun. It was just like so much entertainment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and then I saw what he did. I I watched him do the, I, I watched him cut hair and I was like, oh my God, that's so fucking cool. Like I loved it. I just instantly fell in love. I was like, this is it. You know, I was like, it just everything aesthetically, the job, the just the fun part of it, the banter, everything was so fun. And I just I left there going like, that's what I'm going to do, you know, and, I, and I, I called my buddy about it. Uh, he, he's your tattoo artist, Jason. And oh, shout uh, out Jason, shout out Jason stores. And uh, I called him and he goes, that's the best idea I've ever heard you say. And boom. Well, he, you know? he gets it. I mean, like some parallels, right? In both of your guys' lives with him being like, I'll never own a tattoo shop. And then he yeah. like owns the dopest tattoo shop in LA. Yeah. And just like stylistically, it's a good vibe. It's talented artists. It's no BS. Everything's clean. It's, it's rad. I mean, it, yeah. like, and then that, that similar kind of environment, right? The tattoo shop is kind of just being in a tattoo shop is fun when you're yeah, about yeah, to get yeah. tattooed because it's same thing it's you know artists are are hyped on each other's art and they're they're shouting back and forth and 
you've got funny shit going on because it's a tattoo shop and then you know people are getting robbed outside or so like there's always just it's a fun place to be and i mean i don't know i can say personal training it's similar it's another one of those like you're on your feet you're interacting it's client relations but the gym's kind of a funny fishbowl to work in because there's total kooks running around all the time and there's so much to like I don't know, like our sessions, they're so fun, right? Like 90% yeah. of your time's just spent like shit talking and yeah. being like, dude, like, look at what that person's doing. <laughs> what on earth is that person doing? Are they in a relationship together? Like, what are they doing? You yeah. know, yeah. it's just fun. It's kind of like an enriching, it's not like you're at a cubicle, just like. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, it'd be horrible. It'd be horrible. That was never that I could never be that nine to five guy. I've done it. You know, I've had the suit and tie and I was a mortgage loan guy and it, I was miserable. I was in the bathroom drinking because it was so like miserable. Just a straight up lie. Yeah, no, I, no, no joke. Mortgages, dude. I was I was a mortgage loan officer and I, I tried it for a month. It was literally the most. It was the hardest. It was the worst job I've ever had. I mean, I was yeah, I was drinking in the bathroom during you know on breaks. I was at TJF drinking as well. You know, like it was just miserable. Yeah. Um, but you know, like that was a thing. I. I once I figured that out, I, I, I didn't stop. I quit every job that I had, I quit the job that I had. Um, I, I went in full fledged. Like I did, I knew that that was it, you know what I'm saying? And I went after it. Like I, I wanted it so bad, you know, and I, I've said yes to everything. I worked as much as I could. I went to beauty school, you know, I, I assisted for four years. I, you know, like I said, I just, I did not stop and I didn't say no. You know, right. I just, I went after it. And then, you know, along the process, I learned like what I liked and what I didn't like, you know, after a certain point, it's like anything, it's like, now nah, I don't want to do weddings. I, don't, I find no joy in doing wedding hair at all. Right. You know, um, I, I don't like doing kids hair. It's just not, not fun to me, you know, yeah. have them go to the yellow balloon or the yellow bus or whatever that, that, that shop <laughs> is, you know, and, and I learned to be. You know, it's funny because people ask like, man, how much is your price? And I'm like, you know, because I, in the beginning, it's like, I talk about it. Like when I do education or I teach a class, you know, I'm always like, it's not about the money. It's never been about the money. For, but for I, you personally, or you mean like when, when, when people are asking you like, what should I charge? How should I like that kind of stuff? Yeah. Because I mean, there's a, there's a way, you know, like I said, I, I, in the beginning, why did I get into this? I didn't get into it because of the, how much money I was making. I was, you loved I, was it. I loved it. I was broke as a joke. I couldn't, you couldn't get any broker than what I was. You know what I'm right. saying? And it's like, uh, and I learned as I got more successful and I learned, um, with failing and succeeding, I learned how to become business smart, you know, mm -hmm. how to charge more, how to, you know, how to balance my schedule more where I can make more money in, in, in less time, how, right. you know, traveling, you know, doing, doing education, teaching, uh, contracts with companies, you know, I, now I have a brand coming out, um, that I created and that's been like a, another journey. It's been a you project know? for a while. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I think like, like anything, it's like, for me, I just get to a point and it's been like this, my whole career of like, I get to a point and I'm like, okay, I did that. Like what's next, you know? And it was like, it's like you were saying, like, I never, I never wanted to own a salon. I never wanted to have a product line. I never wanted to um, do education and teach in front of people. Like I thought if, if I would have told you where I was going to be in the beginning, it would have been celebrity red carpet, 
like music videos, that kind of stuff. That's where I would have been, right? But like, that's what you never know where your career is going to go ever. You never know. And well, and you're a creative, like you, you, you truly enjoy the process. So what happens is when you get something down pat and you figured it out and you can make money doing it, then you ask yourself, what else can I do? Mm-hmm. And other things start to interest you. But it, to touch on, I feel like this horse is beat dead so much on the like, do what you love and you'll never work another day in your life. It, and it almost to the point where people hear it and they don't really think about it. But it's really hard to know when you're doing that thing. Like, I, I think of this show a lot like this, right? I do this show. I, I, I absolutely love it. I, I truly love sitting down and doing this. And, it, and, and I've done a lot of things in my life that I love. I loved skiing. I loved being a personal trainer. But this is the first thing that feels like that thing where I'm just down. Like, I don't care. I, I'll be sitting in, you know, my house in the middle of the day being like, how can I better cut that segment or like change the audio levels to create a better flow of conversation? Like, it's just like this all the time, all day long. Yeah. I'm thinking about yeah. this. And I would just, I would do it tomorrow if no one listened. I would do it if a million people listened. And when yeah. you actually start to feel that type of traction in something, it's super special. Yeah. And you can't, you know, if in five years I'm speaking somewhere about growing, you know, like creating a, a podcast or show or, or marketing that, and people are like, you know, how do I get started? Like, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost hard to answer it. Yeah. Because it's so like inside of you. Yeah, it really is though. I think that like anything, it's uh, you know, I've always just followed followed what felt right, not what like like I said, I've chased the money, I've done all that stuff. But when I went after what felt right, it was right. You know what I'm saying? Like when I got when I started cutting hair, I was just I remember like, even during the pandemic when I came back after like the couple months that we were off. I remember cutting somebody's hair and I was like, man, I love cutting hair. Like I miss this like so much, you know? And it was just, what is it, it about that? Joy. What is it about cutting hair that you find so enthralling? Uh, there's multiple things, you know, I think like the, the, the cutting aspect, the creativity aspect, it, uh, aspect of it, of like, say somebody comes to me with a haircut, like when they come to me, they have a haircut already. Right. How do I make it better? Than when they walked in, right? Like, what do I do? Um, what are they willing to do, right? But it's also like you have to have that 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 conversation, that that banter with them, right? Of like, are you are they comfortable with you? Are they gonna have fun? Like, do with they you? trust you? Yeah. Do they trust you? I mean, like, most of my clients now come to me as people that are recommended or referred or or social right. media or whatever, right? But like, the the person that comes off the street, can you? can you work with them to make them do what you really want them to do? You know, like, because at the end of the day, who's the professional, me or you, right? Like I am, yeah. I cut hair all day. So I see what people, you know, what they do, uh, what, what hair does all the time. But I also look at it too, like this person wants bangs. I don't think you should have bangs. I just don't think that's the right look for you. Do you do you that? Know? Like you give like look based insights is like, look, it, well, that's like, okay. So this is why, uh, Sorry to interrupt. This is exactly why I go to someone like Jason or Nathan or like Max to get a tattoo. 
Yeah. Because like when when Jason did the Clint Eastwood on my leg, I went in there with like it was like a two by two piece of paper. Yeah. And I was like, I want to do this like here, you know, hidden away. And he goes, I don't think it'll look that good. And I'm yeah. like, uh well, you know, in your head you're like, Well, it's my body, you know, yeah, it's yeah, what yeah. I want. Yeah. And he goes, Hang tight. He goes over to the printer and he comes back with like a twelve by six. And he's like, yeah. I think this would look good. And yeah. I was like, Whoa, dude, that's like that's a big tattoo, man. Like yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't have that many tattoos. And he's like, check this out. He, you know, he put it on my leg and he was like, go stand by the mirror. And I looked and I remember looking at it and just going like, damn, dude, that's a big fucking tattoo. And I was like, <laughs> you know what, dude? One, you're cool. You're really talented. And I'm not a tattoo artist. Yeah. I walked in the front door because I don't know how to fucking tattoo. Yeah. You do. And you've seen a ton of bodies. You've put tattoos on a ton of people. It's what you do. And so yeah. we did it. And like, it was, it's a awesome, right? And it's because I, I trusted him. It was like, you know more than me. Don't come to me for personal training and then tell me how we're going to do the training sessions. Yeah, because yeah. Why? You could just go to Bally's yeah, or some shit, you know? Well, that's, I mean, that's the thing. Like I said, it's just, uh, you know, when someone comes to me, it's not about being, you know, like, because not everybody does what you want them to do. Right? Not everybody, like, I have to compromise sometimes. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, well, I'm down to do that. Okay, like, how about we take off this much instead of that much, you know, or how much, how about we do a, a face frame instead of your bangs, you know, like yeah. it could be anything. Right. But it's just about, like I said, I think a lot of it is too, is the way you talk to people, the confidence yeah. that you have, you know, like, like say, for example, if you came to me and I was like, man, I'm really trying to do this. I'm really trying to like build my arms. And you're like, you know, we could try to do curls. I don't know if it's going to work for you. <laughs> I'm probably not going to do curls. You know what I'm saying? But it, and right. the same thing with yeah. a woman's hair. If I was like, well, I think you would look, maybe look good with a bang. Cause I don't really know. Yeah. It would be like, absolutely not. But if I was like, dude, you're going to look amazing with these bangs. I guarantee it. You they know need conviction. Saying? Yeah. And same thing. Like you're like, dude, curls, curls work. <laughs> curls. Okay. Curls work. Just I'm, I'm glad that of all the training, that's what, that's what you've gleaned from it all. Listen, <laughs> listen I still have, I still have, all I still have like there's three workouts that I've always stuck with that I've done since we worked out right like I this, love it when chart. I get a I get a message from you and I'm like yes dude he's still crushing it yeah. I back so I've always I like to ask people this question um, that are in positions like yourself because of the price point of what you do what do you think people are paying for because from an outsider looking in they go, that's a lot for a haircut. Yeah. Right? So they 100%. think that what the person is paying for is the actual haircut, the physical scissors cutting the hair. Yeah. In your eyes, what is someone paying for when they pay for a haircut with you? The experience. Whether it's 10 minutes or uh, an hour, it's the experience, right? Because I've been doing hair for 14 years, right? Yeah. And I've built my clientele and I've built this business, right, where... I didn't just start, like I said, I, we all start at zero, right? All of yeah. us, right? Especially, you know, in our, in our industries, in the service industry. And, and, and so I built my clientele and I started, you know, at zero. I started charging 20 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks. I got on the floor and it was like 150 or 175 or something because that's where they start you pretty much. 
And uh, I remember my manager being like, man, you're busy. Like, your book's solid. And I was like, he's like, we're bumping you up. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You're like, like, whoa, whoa, pump the brakes there, Chief. I'm I'm enjoying this clientele of people coming in and and coming, you know. And uh, he's like, no, we're going to bump you. So he did. He bumped me up. And my client, like I said, it just, I didn't didn't get to my price by being slow. Right? With the duration of the haircut. Yes. Right. Like, no, 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 not, not duration of the haircut with the, with, uh, with being busy as a clientele. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. 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 Right. So like, I look at it like this, like for me, it was more about, uh, if, if I had a solid clientele, right. And I was booked every day, why would I not want to raise my prices? Right. Right. And I wouldn't, at the time I wasn't raising old people, like as far as my, not old people, as far as like old age, I'm talking about like my old clientele that had been with me for a long time. Right. Right. And uh, so I would raise the new people. So anybody that was new, they'd get raised. Right. And um, and then that's how I worked it for a long time. So a lot of clients for a while, like stayed at their same price unless they cheated on me. They cheated. Then they got bumped to the new the new price. Right. So I feel like um, that. that, And that's pretty standard. Like, yeah, you grandfather in your OG clients and then anyone new, they take the price hike. And then that happens down the ladder. Yeah. And then, I mean, that's the thing. I think like the price you're paying for is experience. You're paying for demand. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Cause there are people that will, if there, I mean, like I said, I've, I'm at 375 now, you know, and, and I'm still on the daily, like I, every, every day I have a new client or two, Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, obviously something's being done right. You know, and um, I think too, I think like, it's like you build your brand. I, w- I didn't even, it wasn't trying to build a brand. It was more of just like, I was just having fun with social media and I did all this stuff. I made videos and did education and I've been around the world and I've done all this stuff. And I built that to where people look at that and go like, man, he's been, he's been doing this, yeah. you know, and he's good yeah, at it. Yeah, people forget, dude, how long have you been cutting hair for? It's like 14, 14, 15 years. I, so I've, the more I've talked to people, the more that I've had conversations like this, the more I've thought about my own career, just everything. Shit takes 10 years, dude. It just does. Like if you are in a a creative space, like you want to create a business for yourself, you, you're the onslaught of initial excitement is overbearing. You're so hyped when you start something new. Everyone is. Of course. The sky's the limit and I'm going to, whatever it is, Right. That shit's gone in like six months. Yeah. Then you're faced with like, do you want to actually do this? Do you really care? Do you really want to keep showing up when when no one's paying you, when you're not making any money? And then it's like 10 years, 10 years of making mistakes, doing things wrong, losing clients, finding out what works for you, finding out what doesn't. And over that time period, you you develop that the confidence that people are looking for when they come to someone for a service and all those things. But it, it takes Time, man. Yeah. Time. It really does. It's what they say, like 10,000 hours to be a master or whatever I think it is. I think it's like, it's true. I really do. I, I, I do too. I mean, that's the thing is, is experience is way more than anything. You know what I'm saying? I think that like if, uh, for me, like you're paying for the experience. You know, think about like when you first started training, right? Think about like when I first started cutting hair and I remember, you know, I remember a teacher saying to me that like, you know, Haircutting might be confusing and might be hard right now, but there's going to be a time where you don't even think about doing the haircut. You just do it. Yeah. You know? 
And I was like, damn, that's so crazy. It's so true. And it's like, just think about me if I like came to you and I was like, dude, I just really want to do this kind of workout. And you're like, oh, let's do it like this. You know, yeah. it's like not even a thought anymore. I it's thought of the other done. day I was thinking about this because I was just, I don't know, I was just reflecting on like when I started training, how bad I wanted to do it, right? Like how bad I wanted to be a trainer. And then when I, yeah. I took all the steps and did it, I was like, oh shit, like you're certified. Now you got to, now you got to do it. Now you got to go and like become one. And yeah. then I just remember physically the way that other trainers looked to me when I got yeah. there, I was like, whoa, like that guy, yeah. they have, you know, 12 clients or they just know what to do. And I remember thinking, man, what would it be like to run your own training business? It seemed like Mars straight up. Yeah. Like I just, that just didn't seem like it was in my world at all. And yeah. then to be there, you forget that. And it's important yeah. to remember like you're, to be so stoked where you are, because there was a point where a former version of yourself was like, dude, be so sick to own your own yeah. salon, have an entirely booked out group of people working on branded projects, charging what you want, no one breathing down your back, and you run the show 100%. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think that that's the whole thing. I, I, it's funny, I'm buying a house right now in uh, Arizona. That's insane. Another thing I never thought I'd heard you say. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, ever. <laughs> Are you good? I I, that, it's crazy because I look at like, I mean, I just remember thinking next. when I was younger, I was thinking about when I was younger and I was like, man, like, how am I ever going to make enough money to buy a house? <laughs> you know, like I said, it, it, it was, it baffled me. I barely, you know, when you, if you look at, I think the statistics, the statistics of people's uh, of financial is so crazy. I heard that, like, I think it's like less no than one buys houses. No, no, well, no, 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 it's, it's no, that, no the, the, listen to this finance. I heard this and I don't, I, mean, I don't quote, I'm not saying this, this is, this is a fact, but I heard this online, uh, I, I, maybe on a podcast, but it was basically saying that 60% of people in the U S don't have that have, they have less than a thousand dollars in their bank account. Okay. I, I would believe that a hundred percent. Okay. This is another trippy one. Uh, less than, I think it's, no, so 60% of people. In the we're US. ballparking here. We're ballparking. Yeah. 60. Ballpark. Hypothetically. Hypothetically here. Uh, 60% uh, retired people have less than $25,000 in their bank account. That scares the living shit out of me. You know? But you're, I mean, buying a house is a great investment when you can afford it. Like, I mean, that's true. That's a set yourself up for the future kind of thing. What's that feel like? Is, I mean, a lot of changes in your life in the last three years. Like, yeah, what the, you, you come out of a pandemic and you open up a brick and mortar store. You're insane. <laughs> like, talk to me about that. <laughs> I honestly just, I, I think like if it, I was in a salon that I just, I'm, you know, I loved where I was at for so long. And I was at a time where I was just like, I want to work for myself. And I never had this idea or dream of opening anything like that of a salon and it was it's not really a salon it's more of a private studio you know and i was uh there were moments where i just didn't really like where i was at anymore you know i wanted something yeah. different i wanted a different experience and um a lot of people were opening salons in their homes and in their you know i knew a guy that opened one he got a house and he used the house as his as, as a salon and um and i just you know at first that's where i kind of went 
with it. And uh, my downstairs neighbor was getting evicted. I was going to do that. I was going to take over that apartment and turn it into like a little mini salon. And I just thought about it more and more. And I was like, dude, what if we get out of this pandemic or we get out of, out of COVID and it becomes legit again? You know, like what it like, yeah. I can't do it. That's not legit. So then I started looking for businesses, um, on the street and, um, you know, I looked for a, for a long, for a good minute, like probably six months. And I bought two mirrors. I bought two chairs and I bought a shampoo bowl before I even had the place. Why? Okay. Because you got a good deal? No, because I oh, knew right, that because if, you're insane. Cause I, yes, <laughs> basically I knew, I, I knew that if I didn't buy those things that I wouldn't do it. Cause I was oh, like, out. Oh, got you. Like you, you did I it to trigger yourself into keeping going. Yeah. yeah. Cause I was like, all right, I just spent 15 grand already. Yeah. I have to keep going, you know? And I looked for a place. I found a place. I had to wait for three months for this, for these people to leave. They didn't leave. And then it was like, Oh my God, this is not happening. Now all this stuff that I just bought is sitting in yeah. the fat in the factories. And they're calling me like, dude, what's going on? We can't hold this stuff for much longer. Like, when are you going to get this stuff? I, I was dating a girl at the time and it, it didn't work out. And uh, I was meditating on it, if I should go back to the girl or not, right? And the in meditation, it, I, the, dude, the loudest voice said, no, do not go back. Do not try to pursue that again. Let her go and go after what you were just doing with your career. And I was like, all right. And so I literally came back to, I, I flew back from North Carolina from work cause I was in, I was in North Carolina. And that week I found my new spot, literally so driving down the street. You found it, uh, without, you weren't like pursuing a realtor to go look at commercial properties. You were just like, I literally was driving down Robertson yeah. and I was, I just, I saw a, a, a door open and I went in and, I mean, I pulled over, I went in, the guy was like, Hey, what's up? And I'm like, I'm just wanted to look at the way he's like, Oh, sorry, this is already leased out. Oh, and I was damn. like, well, can I look at this space? And he goes, yeah, absolutely. And I, I went in, I, there was so much stuff that the space had that I needed that I didn't know that I needed. Like, I was like, Oh wow, this has plumbing already there. This has a water, like it had everything. I yeah, needed. yeah. I didn't have to do much. And, uh, he's like, but I do have a space down the street. Oh, so that it, wasn't the one that you got. Yeah, no. same dude. He goes, same dude. He goes, yeah. I have a space down the street. It's a little bit less money and it's a little bit smaller. And I was like, oh my God, like I'll go look. And I, like I said, I wasn't like blown away by anything yet until I saw it. And I walked in, I was like, I called the guy. I'm like, hey, can you meet me down here? I'd love to see it. I walked in with my buddy and I walked out after I looked at it. And I, I, I looked at my buddy and he looked at me and he goes, it's it. I can just tell on your face. And I was like, that's it. And like, I got the keys a week later after negotiating everything and, and signing paperwork. And, you know, I got, I had my crew working within that week, that week I had it going. So when you like, I've, I, so I've thought a lot about this from like the training perspective. I, I would want to do it exactly how you did. I would never want to own a gym. I would want to own a private studio where it's like, one-on-one -on -one and no, you can't come in until this person's done kind of thing almost. Yeah. Yeah. More private. But the, it, the fear is the cost effectiveness of that with rent and everything. So when you started looking at this and you start running the, you know, you're taking overhead on for the first time ever before you're in salons or you're doing stuff privately, but now it's like on you, was there any part of you that was kind of like, damn, I'm about to like, 
I'm about to sign a lot of money away, one, to get this going, and then two, monthly, and like second guess your ability to maintain your client schedule and all that, where those voices like... Oh, yeah, every voice was hitting me with it, like, you're going to fail, no one's going to come with you, Yeah, this isn't going to work, uh, you know, are you going to be able to do this by yourself, you know? I mean, there were so many things that were going through my head with it, for sure, but I think that like anything, it's just one foot in front of the other, you know what I'm saying? And I, I just kept going forward with it. I mean, there was a point in, in building it out where I was like, this is shit. Like, this isn't going to yeah. fucking work. Like, the floors look horrible. Like, it, I couldn't believe how bad it was. And, uh, you know, I figured it out. I figured out the way to, to fix it, you know? And it's always about figuring it out, you know? And, like, what's next? And how do I, how can I get there? And, you know, who do I, who can I talk to about it? Like, you know, it's just about networking and, reaching out and asking for help you know it's not always about just doing it yourself and you know like i said it worked out i don't know why i don't know why it worked out it's just because i had to dude it was was time that's why yeah but it's also too like you know i I look at it like for some people it doesn't work out you know and i don't know why that is sometimes sometimes i'm like man that dude's pipe just blew you know like his plumbing is shit like oh man like the electrical is bad and they have to redo that like i mean in business, there's always things going wrong. Always. Whether, yes. I mean, it doesn't matter, you know, like I said, we didn't have heat for the first, like, from from October to January, we didn't have heat, dude. We had to bring in a Dyson heater to heat up the place. I and mean, we had sweaters on, we had jackets on. I mean, dude, it was an ice You're chest. Just layering. Yeah. It's just fashion. You're oh, layering, man, it you was know? a nightmare. You know what, though? But, you know what I think part of, part of this is? Uh, I think, one... Yes, random shit just does happen to people, and it is unfortunate. There's people that, you know, had just opened their businesses, finally got everything together, and COVID hit. There, You know, there's plenty of examples like this. Pipe bursts, and it ruins your your available funds. You can't continue the project. But I think the bigger problem is people not willing to take a chance on themselves at the right time. And if you think about, like, your career, you could have done this eight years ago. You could have done this six years ago. Like you probably could have left where you were, put all your money on the table and open this place up, but you didn't, you waited until it was the right time for you to do it. Mm -hmm. And you have all the skills, all the clientele, all the understanding of the industry, all the times you said no to brand partnerships that weren't right for you to really set up this thing now that you're doing that is right for you. All of these things happen so that when you walk into that building, you go, this is the one. From that point forward, it's been so time for so long that now it's just like, now you're just putting all the ducks in a row kind of thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, everything happens as it's supposed to happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, it wasn't supposed to happen back then. You know what I'm saying? Because I think about even with the brand, I'm like, man, social media was so much easier back in the day. I was killing it. Like, it was, the algorithm was different. It was like, everybody saw your stuff. And now it's like, like, man, if I just would have done it then, it would have been right, you know? But I'm like, it wasn't right because I wouldn't have had the people that I have involved now with me yep. who are amazing, you know? Same thing with my salon. I wouldn't have the people that I have working for me that are amazing, you know? Um, I just, it wasn't the time, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it doesn't matter. There is no right or wrong time, you know what I'm saying? It's just a matter of like, hey, I'm going to do it. And okay, do it. If people tell you you're an idiot and you're stupid for doing that, fuck them. You know what I'm saying? No one can tell you if it's right or wrong. And then you'll be hit with one of those, another opportunity where it's like, if it does crash and burn, what are you going to do about it? 
are you going to walk away and that's it and you can't handle it? Or is it yeah. another feather in the cap and you keep going? And then like you look back on that and be like, yeah, man, dude, I opened this one place and like completely burned alive. And now we're here. Cause I didn't accept <laughs> that. I just said, no, I'm going to like keep going. It's dude. Yeah. It's like relationships, right? How many horrible relationships have you had before um, finding the one that you're in right now? And yeah. how much healthier and just fucking great is that? Yeah. Well, yeah, like I said, it's all experience, you know, you figure out what you want, what you don't want, you know, it, like, and it's like that with any aspect of my life of relationships, business, you know, uh, anything that that uh, I've been through, there's no, there's no cap on it, right? Like, there's no cap of being like, I'm done with experience, I'm good. Like, yeah. you just constantly have new experiences. And it's like, for me, career wise, relationship wise, everything I do is different. It's not the same. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like my relationship with this girl that I'm dating is different than the last relationship I was in. You know, this opening this business is different than when I was working at Chris's, you know, the company that I'm opening and are starting is different than anything else I've ever done. It's all new. You know what I'm saying? And that's for me is like, what's cool about it is like, I just love like learning new things and trying new things and it's, it's, a, you know, it's life, you know, I'd well, rather, I don't want to stay stagnant. You're in the middle. It's that middle part. It's the cool part. Yeah. It's the part where yeah. you're figuring it out and you're trying new stuff. How did, uh, how did you and your girlfriend, partner, girlfriend, yeah. girlfriend, girlfriend, how did you guys meet? Cause I only uh, got to see this from like, I mean, you and I trained multi, you know, we'd spend a lot of the week together and then yeah. when I moved down here, I'd only see like snippets here or there. And then I yeah, felt like yeah, you, yeah. you actually kind of almost like stopped using social media as much i did yeah i stopped for a while it just wasn't there anymore for me and um i uh i met her i was on a job uh in san diego um doing a panel great city. And there was yeah i love san diego um she was there was four people she was one of them um Two of the people, one person I knew, the other two I didn't. And one of them was her that I didn't know. Um, I'd never seen her on social media. It wasn't really a thing. I think we talked maybe once, but I didn't really like remember. It was kind of a thing. It wasn't anything special. It was just kind of like, she just hit me up about something and I answered and that was it. You know, and then um, we ended up being on this panel and the, the moment we met, because they introduced us, it was like sparks blue. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, when you meet somebody and you can, you instantly have conversation. It, it's like never a dull moment. It's fun, yeah. entertaining, and it can go on for hours, right? Like you just almost like, like you just have that connection. Like you've been friends forever already. Yeah. And, um, and uh, I remember, you know, of course I see her, she's beautiful. And I'm like, wow. it, like I said, it wasn't really anything like crazy that happened. And then I, I just noticed how we were on stage and I, and she was a colorist. I was a cutter at the time I was working solo on education stuff. So I was doing my own thing. I used to work with a colorist. So it worked hand in hand. It worked really well together at the classes. Oh, sold so that well. you could, you guys could then go and t do workshops, teach together stuff. Yeah. Like that. Oh. So I bombarded her with it and I said, Hey, I'm like, uh, I, you know, I'm sure you're doing, I know you're doing classes and doing education and I think we'd be amazing if we did it together. And she's like, Oh my God. All right. Yeah. That's actually a really good idea. I think so too. And I was like, cool. When's your next class? And she's like, well, I have one coming up actually in November. 
I was like, oh, awesome. Like, what, uh, where? And she's like, it's in San Diego. And I'm like, no way, that's rad. I was like, well, how many tickets have you sold? She's like, 50. I'm like, how many are you going to sell? She's like, 100. And I said, cool. I'm going to sell the rest of the, I'm going to sell the other 50 and we're going to do it together. And she looked at me and she's like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> no. Like, I, I, let me think about this, you know? And uh, she called me and she goes, all right, I'm down. And we did yeah. our first class and, and that was kind of, that was the first like introduction to us, right? And I don't think she really, it's funny because when we were on stage doing that panel, like I don't think she knows like how much I am sometimes. Like I'm a lot, I can be, especially when I'm doing <laughs> in, in education, I don't stop talking and I inter, I like ramble and have fun and like try to do as much, you know, it's just I just want to have as much fun as I possibly can. And, she was, I remember her like just telling me like, man, it's so crazy how similar we are, you know, like we are very alike and it's like, it's so fun with you. Um, and so, yeah, we started teaching and we, uh, we traveled. I mean, dude, last year I was on 80 different flights, uh, throughout the U S. Um, I, Jeez, we taught dude. 24 classes. I was building out the salon. Uh, I was, uh, not last year, sorry, the year before that. Um, I was building out the salon, I was doing clients and I was on the road every other week. So it was just like, it was, it was hell. It was you love crazy. it though. You love it. Though. I, I loved like... it. it. It definitely wore me out. I'll tell you that much. I was yeah. definitely, we were both really tired, you know? Um, and there was a trip that we were both on, um, in Nashville. I kind of noticed things were going on with her. I didn't really know what was going on. Like the vibe was just different. Like I said, there was nothing inappropriate about it. It was just, we were friends right. and we got to know each other so well. We became like family basically, you know, and yeah. we talked all throughout the week and eventually like uh, it came out with me and her that we both had feelings for each other as wow. far as like, cause I noticed something was up. Like I could tell something was up. I just didn't know what, you know? Um, and I, you know, I, I started asking me like, what are you doing tonight? And I'm like, what the fuck? Who the fuck asked that? Like, <laughs> You never, right. you never have asked me that ever in my like time that I've ever hung out, you know, known you. And so, um, so she, you know, I just said, what's up with you? And like, she said, basically like nothing. Uh, maybe, I think we need to talk actually. And I just said, <laughs> okay. Loaded, loaded statement. Loaded statement. And I told her, I said, okay, cool. And I, and I just basically said, I think I know what it is. And she's like, <laughs> what is it? And that's when I, I said, I just basically said, I think it's like the Johnny and cash you know, Johnny, Johnny Cash and June situation. She's like, yep, exactly. <laughs> it. So, um, but yeah, but we, we didn't see each other for a little while either though, before it. So it took a while and the, the stuff, you know, like it was a weird situation, how that all happened, but like it, it, dude, it couldn't have been anything better. We went our way, we went, we like went in towards each other and it, and it worked, you know, and it was been amazing. And now we're, you know, like I said, I'm buying a house in Arizona and it's, it's crazy. You know, do you want to open up something there too? No, I want once this place closes in LA, I'm done. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I'm not, I don't know. I don't know what, you know, like I said, I, I never know to be honest. And I never want to say, I, I know what it's going to happen. I know what's going to, what I'm going to do. I just, I look at it like I have four years left in that place and in that salon. And if that comes to an end and I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore, like I'm done, you know, yeah. but. I don't know. I, I always, I, I love cutting hair and I love what I do, but at the same time, it's very tax taxing on your body. You know, yeah. I work out a lot. I, you know, to, to stay in shape for it. And, you know, you gotta 
discipline yourself with, you know, like I do, you know, I do cold plunging now I do, you know, infrared sauna, you know, health wise, I eat really healthy for the most part, you know, I have my moments where I don't, but for the most part, it's just about like that whole mind, body, soul kind of deal of like taking care of yourself for what you do, because it is physical at the end of yeah. the day, you know, it's hard. And there's a, I mean, no matter what you do, you should, right? Like you should care about your body and yeah. doing jobs that are physical where you're standing up and you're moving around all the time and you're carrying and lifting and putting things down and like doing that for sure. But it's also those, all those things you mentioned, I wish everyone had those as staples in their life. You know yeah. what? People don't think about it until it's too late. I mean, I do the same thing as you. I mean, you know, we both know it's, it's a fitness and, and wellness are a big part of our life. It's a huge yeah. part of, I know for me, like my mental clarity, just feeling good in general inside of my own head, fitness is a huge component of that. Massive. Yeah. Like if I go huge. a couple of days, which doesn't happen unless I'm like injured and I don't have some sort of physical activity or that, or that release, it's like, it's not good, man. It's a really yeah. important thing for me. I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm in the same boat. That's one of the hugest things. I, I can't stand not doing something physical as far as like working out or like that, you know, just like that thing. If I, if I miss a day of meditation, I'm like, man, this is something yeah. off, you know, like literally, like I don't feel 100, you know? And I think that that's the thing is like, we need these things in our lives and, and, to, and have consistency, you know, for the discipline, the discipline is the hardest part, you know, like I don't want to wake up and, you know, go do that. I don't want to like go do like cold plunge. I don't want to do cold plunging. You know how painful that is, but it is honestly the best thing when I get out of that thing. All right. We got to chat about this because this is, so I did, did a podcast with this guy from jujitsu who's in his fifties yeah. and this is 15, 16, 17, 20 days ago. I've been hash marking this yeah. 20 days ago. He was like, you need to start doing cold showers. And I'm like, absolutely not i'm not doing a cold shower he's best like, thing ever he's like just start doing cold showers very first things so i wake up at 5 a.m every day no yeah. matter what and meditate yeah. but i was like okay i could try this so i'm like i'm gonna have to back this up a lot to like something that's manageable for me because I, I don't have a cold plunge and i'm not going zero to 60 on this because I, I know i won't stick with it so yeah. i was like i think i can get in the shower for 30 seconds on cold water and yeah. 21 days ago, that's what I started with. I just do 30 every day, 5 a.m. I fucking hate it. Yeah. And yesterday and today were the first two days at one minute. I do it every it's the very first thing I do. I wake up, I put on my watch, I get in the shower, and I turn on the cold water, and I wait till the timer hits. And I hate doing it, but dude. The best thing. I can't, like, I can't sell it more than I'm trying to sell it right now to people. Yeah, There's something... There's all the sure the sciencey stuff of like why it's good for you, but there's just something about it. It's like getting yourself to just sack up and do it. Yeah. There's something real nice about it, man. Dude, it's magical. It really it honestly it really is. Like I I was introduced to it by a friend of mine just recently and he has Where do a you do it in in LA? I, yeah, I mean, I, there's there's places, you know, like I, I, there's a place called Pause that I've done it at. Oh, uh, um, yeah, yeah. There's another oh, place cool. called Voda Spa. There's a place in Arizona that I go to called Lifetime. They have them. Um, 
And, uh, but I was introduced through it to a, through a friend of mine at his house and he had one at his house and he's like, come over and Gnarly. give it a try. Yeah. He's like, I have the legit freezer lined with a non-toxic <clears throat> plastic. And I mean, dude, I was like, all right. He goes, you are going to trip out on how good this is for you. Yeah. And he's like, he led me through it. He took me into the jacuzzi, he said, sit in the jacuzzi for five minutes. That last minute you're in there, breathe, start breathing in and out of your nose in and out, in and out, in and out. And he's like, and I'm going to tell you when you get out, you're going to go straight to the plunge and you're going to jump in and you are not going to, you're not going to hesitate. You're not going to feel the water. You're just going to go in and you're going to continue to breathe. Yeah. And I did it. And it was the, I mean, I panicked, I panicked, I freaked out. And I was like, no way. Oh my God, I can't do this. I sat in there for three minutes. It was at like 40 something degrees, 40 degrees. I think it was. And you go, and I did it and I got out. My whole body was red. It was the yeah. craziest feeling I'd ever had. He goes, jump in the jacuzzi right now. Okay, cool. <laughs> and then five minutes later, jump back in the, the cold plunge. I mean, I did it like how he wanted me to do it, yeah. right? It's and euphoric. He, it gives you a it feeling, is. dude, the blood flowing that I've probably, there's probably parts of my body that blood is not flowing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and now it's, now it's flowing because of that. You know? Yeah. I'm actually going to go over there after this. To go to his place to go do yeah, it there, it's like i now now it's be you know now it's a habit and now i'm just increasing the duration but now it's a habit like getting up doing that right away that initial mm, i don't want to and then bam you do it and then standing out of there being like i yeah. it's, it's silly but it's like i overcame that which is silly because i put it i put the roadblock there in the first place but then after that the meditation is very different feeling uh 100%. Afterwards, and then just general, like I'm about my day after that. I go downstairs, yeah. and make coffee, coffee tastes better. It's like everything in that initial hour is just yeah. like dialed up that to shock. 11, you know. It's that shock, it wakes you up, you know. And I think that, like, it's just something. I mean, this is how I look at it too with the, with the cold plunging or and and cold showers. I do take cold showers as well, and uh, it's it's a challenge. It's a, it's a mind fuck, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Think about it. When totally. you, when you first, that water first hits you, how cold it is breathing wise, what do you do when you're breathing? Right? Like, are you yeah. <laughs> right? Or are you, and then you yeah. get through it quicker. Cause now I go into cold plunges. I, I don't have that freak out anymore. I don't have that moment of like, Oh my God, I can't do that. I have moments where I can't do it. I think in my head, like, get out, get out, get out, get out, get out. But I don't have right. those moments of like where I did in the beginning, you know, cause I know that in my head, like it's anxiety wise, stress wise, it helps me so much. Cause if I stay in, yeah. it's, I'm that more, I'm that much less of having stress and anxiety out in the real world with anything that goes on. Right. Because I'm breathing through it. Right. And that's one of the things yeah. of like stress relieving and anxiety relief. I believe it because I do that. And I'm like, man, I can do anything if I can do that. You know, totally, I, because an, an exact about of anxiety is more gradual than the acute difference between being dry and then being submerged in forty degree water. Yeah, that's yeah, like 100%. that. So if you can control your breath on that, you can get present, take a step back, whatever. When you feel that welling up or the whatever start to build, so basically, yeah. like if you want to be as successful in your career, you just have to do these cold plunges. What you're saying, basically. I mean, it's just something different to do, you know, a challenge, you know, and I think a lot of it is like, like I said, it's just, it's that, that fear of like, I can't do that. You know, I have a friend yeah. that, that I told to do that as well. I'm like, man, just come with me to Cold Plunge. He's like, absolutely not. 
no way, never doing that. But I'm like, cool. But you're just not gonna. He's, and I keep trying to get him to go, but he's like, I just don't get why you care so much, or like why. And I'm like, because you don't know the feeling. Yeah. That you will. No, get. my he's my like, buddies give me shit. They're like, no, dude. So shower sacred time, and I'm like, I can't really. I don't know. Like you can't make someone feel how good it will feel. You know what I mean? You yeah. know, you know, cause you do yeah. it. You're going to do it right now. You get it. Yeah. How do you, but it sounds the thing, insane. It's not, it's not for everybody though. You right. know what I'm saying? It's like, it's not for everybody. Not everyone's going to do it. Not everyone's going to work out. Like we all have the key to success, right? Like it's all, it's just laid out. It's not that, it's not that hard, right? Yeah. Like if I want to feel good, I'm going to eat good. I'm going to work out. I'm going to get rest. I'm going to drink water. Like it's pretty simple of what I have to do to feel good and not have like my anxiety ridden days anymore. Right. Cause like, I, yeah. you know, I'm not drinking coffee and Red Bulls and energy drinks all through the day anymore. Like I don't need all that stuff. Right. Like, yeah. but people don't want to let go of these things. They don't want to discipline themselves. They don't want to, like you said, they don't want to get up in the morning and take a cold shower because that doesn't feel good. That feels right. like, but they don't know any different of feeling like shit to yeah. feeling better. <laughs> you know yeah like they're no, so used music, feeling shit is their feeling shit is they're feeling good right yeah so like they don't they're like they're just no way i don't i don't i'm not that's just too much i'm not eating like that oh yeah right that's just too much right like yeah. i'm not doing that like i i like i get it you know and you I know dude it. because you and and i know this from knowing you personally like you you are one of those people that you make yourself do it yeah, yeah. You I put try. your foot down on yourself and you say, No, I'm gonna make this happen. There's a lot of days and I remember like training you, like there's a lot of days where it's not what you want to do, right? Where yeah. you the beginning of the session is like, I don't want to be here today. <laughs> end of the session, end of the session is like Fired let's up. tackle the world, right? And yeah. so enough times you have felt the benefit of what it can do for you. And so even in those moments of like, ah, I just wanna chill like with the dogs and not do this you are smart enough to know that you can like push yourself onto that other side. And it's unfortunate. A lot of people don't get the, they don't get that experience. They don't get to feel what it's like to feel what good feels like. It's like totally. when all you're in is toxic relationships, you don't know what a good one feels like. Yeah. 100%. You only know toxicity and chaos. So that's what you're yeah. going to look for and find. And then you end up in a good one and it's like, you're like, yeah, what? ready. When are you going to lie to war. me? <laughs> you know, or yeah. like, yeah yeah and that's the thing i mean like that's i i, I mean don't, don't get me wrong i don't there's not a day with it with working at most times with working out or cold plunging or any of that stuff i don't want to do that stuff i don't and like, cold I, playing it trains that that yeah. part of you that doesn't want to but does it is trained by this shit where you where yeah. you that mechanism of like i don't want to turn i don't want to pull the faucet towards myself right now i really don't want to do it but you do because you yeah. know it's better for you and that yeah, trains that part of your brain yeah, exactly. It's like eating fast food compared to eating just healthier. I would, I would love to eat fast food every day of my life, but yeah, you know, yeah. it's not, it's not, not uh, beneficial to life. <laughs> well, Dom, I, I think there's well over two dozen mic drops in this episode, so I'm, <laughs> I'm excited to, to cut this down and get it out. I, I'm so stoked that you took the time to be here and do this. I had so much fun. I can't believe it's already been two hours. It's always Dude, the case. that's crazy. Right? I, I yeah, mean, I, I feel like out. we sat down a second ago. Um, I know. It's but, man, crazy. it's been so good to reconnect and talk, and we'll have to do this again. Dude, 1, whenever you want, dude. Whenever you want. 
Awesome. Well, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Yeah, no.